Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, Dynasty, DFS, or even IDP, we got you covered all season long. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. Thank you for listening. This is episode 7. Today we're going to do our preview of this weekend's games as we get into the action this week. Uh, Again, I'm John June. Uh, follow me at JR Football Nerd. Uh, follow us at FF Diagnostics on Twitter and IG. Um, and I got my, my buddy Greg Penniman here. What's up, Greg? How's it going, man? Thursday night's over. Uh, looking over. Looking forward to week one. Got all these matchups. Hopefully we get a better, some better games than what happened on Thursday night. But I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Yeah, I, I think I actually just woke up from, from the Thursday night snoozer. <laughs> um, so I'm actually... Got a ton of energy. I'm ready to co- record this pod and, and, and jump right into Sunday's games. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we we briefly touched on it. Um. You know what what do you what do you what do you think of that of that of that game on Thursday? Uh. You know, it's a low scoring game. Uh. Both teams trying to really I guess work out the kinks still. Um. You kind of saw maybe in that uh, second quarter when Aaron Rodgers was uh moving around in the pocket he was getting his rhythm going and he got that touchdown to jimmy graham kind of projected to see how that offense is going to flow but for the other side the bears really struggled offensively um they really didn't have a flow throughout the game at all and they really didn't have any consistency of who they wanted to go to at running back because you know our guy your guy you know david montgomery the guarantee uh didn't come through and i think we have to personally call up matt Nagy to tell him to give David Montgomery the ball more because the it looked like he was the most impressive back in that game just by the moves he was making, his elusiveness. Uh, I, I don't know. I think Mike Davis got a ton of snaps, and he just kept getting a ton of snaps, especially after halftime. So it's weird to see that. Um, I'm not sure how it's going to see uh, affect his outlook going forward, but I think you have to make that uh, adjustment. Uh, we well, I know we're not the only ones that saw David Montgomery look the best last night. I mean, on Thursday night. Yeah, um, I mean when when we when we look at the backfield distribution, Tariq Cohen led the league in, or let the let the Bears running backs in, in snaps um, with fifty one. Uh, Mike Davis was second with forty, and David Montgomery was third with twenty seven. Um, but Mike Mike Davis led this backfield in touches with eleven. Um, David Montgomery only had seven touches, um, and, and I, I feel like I have to um, kind of issue a personal apology to the people here because. Um, <laughs> You know, I've been hyping up David Montgomery. Um, you know, been, I, I, you know, I, I told everybody, put him in their lineups last night. Um, but, you know, the more and more I, I thought about it, you know, we, we were talking about Devin Singletary and, and, you know, we were telling people not to play him um, because of the, you know, uh, like, you know, wait and see how the rookie running back go, like does in his first game, what the distribution is like, what the touches are like. You know, and I said... Um, then, or you know, in the in, in last in our last episode, that uh, you know, coaches tend to trust veterans more, right? So you know, depending on how the game is going by the goal line on third down, we might see Frank Gore. Well, guess what? That's what we saw from from the Bears and Mike Davis. 
you know, and, um, you know, I, I guess I have to take responsibility here because, you know, this was within the range of outcomes for David Montgomery. Uh, and it's easy to say, oh, well, David Montgomery or, you know, Matt Nagy should have got the ball to David Montgomery more. But at the same time, right, when we were going into this week's games and setting our lineups. Um, now, granted, you know, there, there was a reason why, you know, I, I felt comfortable starting him. It was because of the way Matt Nagy had talked about him all off season. It was the way that they treated him throughout the preseason as if he was the starter. Um, so, you, you know, I, I expected a little bit of that, but I was thinking that, you know, with the Bears being favored at home, um, that they would they would be in, in favorable game script to run the ball, which they were in favorable game script to run the ball, but just Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> like, yeah, I think, honestly, that's the biggest takeaway from this is I, I don't know what the Bears are going to do, man, because, you know, <laughs> you look at this, you look at this roster, um, you look at this, the way this team is constructed, um, this is this is a this is a playoff a playoff contending team. This is supposed to be a, a team that's potentially making a run for a Super Bowl, and I don't know how they're going to do it in spite of Mitch Trubisky, because um, you know you look at this you know like an Allen Robinson man. I mean you were we were texting throughout we were texting throughout the game. Um, I know that you know I I was uh, hesitant at first because uh, number twenty eight from the Green Bay Packers Tony Brown was um, was really bad. I was you know. A lot. Uh, there were several times where Allen Robinson was just beating him in coverage, but the things that Allen Robinson was doing, you know, skying over guys to win these 50-50 balls. Uh, I was saying, um, I was tweeting out during the game. This 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 looked like Allen Robinson from back in 2015. You know, when he was on the Jags, um, you know, catching 14 touchdowns. Um, you know, this is the Allen Robinson I remember coming out of Penn State, the one that I, um, I had I had been a huge fan of Allen Robinson coming out of Penn State. Um, and, you know, it was for plays like that, like the ones he was making on Sunday night. And, you know, he tore his ACL in, in 2016. Um, and then last year, or, you know, 2017 and 2018, we hadn't really seen, you know, the same Allen Robinson. Um, but I think this year he's fully healthy. He's got an entire year, um, you know, playing in this in this Matt Nagy offense. But he, he, looked, he looked really, he looked really good. Um, someone that I know both you and I were anticipating seeing, and, and the usage was Anthony Miller, but um, he 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 didn't play a ton of snaps. I think he played about twenty snaps or something like that. Yeah, he got and one target in that fourth. He quarter. only got one target. I forgot he was playing out the whole game. I'm like, um, so Anthony Miller is he in the game or is he not? Like maybe they were trying to ease him in because he is coming off some injuries in the preseason. Yeah, I mean that's what I was thinking. I was expecting to see a bunch of Anthony Miller considering that, you know, we were getting no Trey Burton before this, uh, you know, uh, the news came out that Trey Burton was going to be inactive right before the game. So I was thinking that we would see some Anthony Miller just to kind of fill that same that same void in the middle of the field. But um, it seemed like Tariq Cohn was, was handling a ton of that, which, um, you know, we kind of we talked about Tariq Cohen um, on our running back episode because he was your your bust, um, and I also remember at the time there was because um, I you know I brought up David Montgomery as my as my breakout, um, and I remember bringing up at the time that I think Tariq Cohen's role is different, and yeah, we saw that we saw that back? last night. <laughs> yeah, no, I think like I like I was saying before, I think he's he they see him as an offensive weapon. Right. Right. They see him as somebody they want to get out in space. They want to get the ball to. Um, and and I, I'm not comparing him to Tyreek Hill, but I think this is Matt Nagy's version of Tyreek Hill. Right. This is the player that he wants to get out in space. He wants to, um, you know, make the defense really 
play where's Waldo. You know, when they line up, they got to find number 29. Right. And figure out where he is and what position he's playing and what he could possibly be doing. Um, so I think that was that was positive for, for Tariq Cohen. Um, and then, you know, we look at the, the, the Green Bay side. Um, you know, I, I was curious before the game to see how your fantasy MVP, Devontae Adams, how he would do against this this Bears secondary um, that, you know, wasn't able to stop him last year. And I think they they stopped him on Sunday, on uh, Thursday, Greg. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I mean, uh, you had to do what I had to do. I mean, I remember that one play you was talking about. He had to, he was triple team where he was counting the coverage uh, <laughs> yeah, against them. I'm pretty sure that wasn't the only time he was at least double teamed. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers missed him a couple times, but in general, the Bears did a, a solid job. Um, didn't help that like there's a lot of three and outs and stuff like that. I think going forward, as the offense gets better and they get in more in a rhythm and flow, Devontae will be fine. But yeah, for this game, working out the kinks and some questionable play calling, um, it was a, a a little rough game for Devontae. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna worry about this. There, it's not like they play the Bears every every week, you know. Right. Um, this Bears front seven. I mean, I don't know if you guys watch the game, but this Bears front seven is absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, from Cleo Mack to Keem Hicks to that, whoever that 95 guy is, did you see him, like, bull over the offensive lineman, get a holding call, and then snatch Aaron Rodgers with one arm? <laughs> nah, yeah, I remember seeing that. And, like, the first couple drives. And then Roquan yeah. Smith was everywhere in that Yeah, Roquan Smith quarter. was everywhere. Yeah, just um, in screens, getting Aaron Jones and sacks, just everywhere. He's a beast. And, and like, so kind of like we talk about, right, like, you know, receivers are so dependent on so many things going well. There's so many different variables. And we saw that on Sunday with Aaron Rodgers. You know, Devontae Adams could be really good. But, you know, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't have time, all you know, all we're going to get is these checkdowns to, to Jamal Williams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he wasn't effective. I think he had uh, seven carries for zero yards. <laughs> yeah, five carries for zero yards and then two targets for, for one yard or something like that or two yards. It was something stupid. Yeah, but, something um, I don't want. Effective. I don't want to see Jamal Williams play football anymore. I'm tired. I of am him. a little concerned about <laughs> the fact that so Jimmy Graham did get a red zone touchdown, one of those jump ball touchdowns. I think we might see at maybe like that five or six times this year. And I know Devontae, he ate in the red zone last year, so it might take a little bit of production away from him in the red zone. So we'll see how that affects him. Yeah, I mean, I was just happy to see somebody get into the red zone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The Bears no, but to that, and they had a chance, and Mitch just threw a pick in the back of the end zone. Oh, that was your opportunity to just say Mitch threw it away. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, but another thing I, that stuck out to me was uh, the Geronimo MVS split, right? Because right. we we long debated that um, all off season, and um, yeah, I think MVS is winning that one. Yeah, he's the clear uh, obvious winner. I don't think Geronimo saw a lot of time. Um, it's not yeah, I think he played well. 30 snaps. Yeah. Um, um, he had zero Anthony targets. Miller, yeah. <laughs> well, Anthony Miller had one more target than he did. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. but Geronimo, Geronimo played 30 snaps. He had zero targets. Um, when they were in two wide receiver sets, it was it was uh, Marte, Marquez Valdez-Scantling in there. Um, when they went to three wide receiver sets, that's when we would see Geronimo Allison go into the slot. Um, but then... You know, Devontae had, had come off with an injury, um, and then it was Trevor Davis that came right, in right. For, for Devontae. For Devontae, yeah, that one play. And then when, when MVS left with cramps, it was Trevor Davis that stayed in the game with Devontae. 
So when they were in two wide receiver sets, it was still it was Trevor Davis and Devontae Adams, and then Geronimo Allison would come in. Um, and then even the, the plays that he was in, um, I watched a couple of his routes. He he was having trouble getting off getting off press coverage. Uh, it seems like he's the the least explosive of these Packers receivers. Um, you could see as soon as you know these guys start getting to their route, they're you know these guys Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez, Valdez Scantling are already into their stems and. And you know, Mark, uh, Geronimo Allison is still trying to get off the line of scrimmage. Yeah, so, MBS um, definitely looked like the better receiver yesterday, especially in that deep throw. You could see his uh, downfield presence. That would be huge for him if he can get that. You know, Aaron Love Rodgers loves to throw downfield. Um, when he had that Jordy Nelson, he was tossing it, flinging it every time, especially in the play action. So MBS definitely has potential to uh, be get some some wide receiver two upside. Low end. Yeah, and it looks like they they're using him in this offense. Um, you know, we Matt Lafleur comes from the Sean McVay coaching tree. Um, so I don't know if you noticed, but there was a lot of the jet sweep stuff going on that we see them do with Robert Woods all the time. Um, and and that was MVS running those. I don't know if he's if that means that we're gonna get some not just the deep threat, the deep plays from MVS, but maybe we we he works him into the screen game because we saw some of that as well too, where MVS was was getting targeted on some screen passes. So if MVS is going to work the whole field, um, you know, that makes him a little bit more enticing to me than just a deep a deep throw cuz you know, now I'm not I'm not just praying for a deep touchdown when I when I throw him in my lineup, you know. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um and then I mean, we I know we touched on Mitch, but the quarterbacks um just in general, they didn't really play well. Aaron Rodgers was 18 for 30, um, completing 60% of his passes for 203 yards, a 6.8 yards per uh, yards per attempt, and one touchdown. Mitch Trubisky was 26 of 45, 57.8 completion percentage for 228 yards, a 5.07 yards per attempt uh, with one interception, and then he had three carries for 11 yards. Um, but again, you know. Aaron Rodgers, at least I can give him the excuse that, the, you know, he's playing in a new offense and he's playing the Bears and um, their front seven's really good. Yeah, on the road, uh, it's good. it wasn't a hard yeah, thing for him. Yeah, on the road, in Chicago, you know, and plus we've seen Aaron Rodgers do this. We've seen him do it for a long, extended period of time. Right. You know, this 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 is more of an anomaly than, than the actual case for Aaron Rodgers. But Mitch Trubisky looked like he got... He he honestly looks like he's regressed in my opinion. Yeah, he was missing open guys. Um, he just I don't know wasn't really looking downfield. I think his like average depth per target was pretty low. Um, so either that has something to do with you know Matt Nagy has to help him out there, and you know Mitch just got to be better. I, I remember Allen Robinson just screaming for the ball at on the sideline one play, mm-hmm, like jumping mm-hmm. up and down doing jumping jacks. Uh, same for I think another play he missed as well wide open. Yeah, and and then there was one where he um, it was third and five at the beginning of the game and he scrambled for seven seven yards. Um, and, and you know you're down on the field or you're watching the game you look you think that's a you know that's a good play he converted first down on third down. But um, what you what you don't see is that when he steps up into the pocket he has an opportunity to stay there and deliver a strike. 30 yards down the field to Taylor Gabriel and instead he takes off for seven yards and that's those are the those are the kinds of decisions um those are the kinds of of plays from Mitch Trubisky that are that kind of tell me that he's not um he's not he's not there yet as a passer right he's not there yet as a as an actual quarterback right uh you know we look at guys like Drew Brees like we compare Drew, Drew Brees to a point guard in basketball Right, he just makes it look so easy. He makes right. he makes like a sixty yard pass look like a handoff. Right, um, right. You know, and and he, it it's like 
that's kind of um, obviously you know we talk about the Josh Allen's of the world and the Mitch Trubisky's and 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 even the Cam Newtons and Lamar Jacksons and Kyler Murray from a, from a running standpoint, but um, at the end of the day, we want our quarterbacks to be good passers, right? Because um, that's what's sustainable as a as a fantasy as a fantasy quarterback is passing the football. Running the football is great; it adds a nice boost. But you know, if guys like Josh Allen and and um, Josh Allen and Mitch Trubisky, um, you know, I I think Lamar Jackson's gonna gonna do it, but. Uh, I'll throw him in there since people still doubt his ability as a passer. But if these guys um, don't become, if they don't progress as passers and they don't get better as passers, then uh, they're not going to be usable fantasy fantasy assets because at, at one point or another, their teams aren't going to be winning football games, you know, and, and, and those guys are then going to be taken off the field. Um, so I need to see Mitch Trubisky take major steps as a passer here, um, you know, but I, again, I trust Matt Nagy. Uh, I, I don't know what the hell he was doing on Thursday. I think he was honestly trying to show everybody he's the smartest person in the world. Matt Nagy, I know you're smart. You don't need to prove to me that you're smart. You don't need to come out in a in a in a three running back set on first down because you didn't want to name your starting running back. Like you're like I get it, Matt. You're smart, right? Just call football plays. <laughs> like give David Montgomery the football or Mike Davis or whoever you choose to give the football to. And again, back to David Montgomery, I trust that Matt Nagy, you know, if we look at um the Bears offense last year when they were handing the ball off to Jordan Howard, right? One game it just stopped, right? It was like week 3 or week it was week 3 because it was right before the week 4 bye. It just stopped. Uh Tariq Cohen became the major, uh, the primary ball carrier and and um, just running back in that offense, right? So Matt Nagy is going to make adjustments, right? He's going to go back, he's going to watch the film, and he's going to see, okay, my offense is best when this happens. And I think that we'll see him shift to David Montgomery but you know I, I we'll see how the week how the weeks progress or how this week progresses um and and you know what Matt Nagy says throughout the press conferences this week um but I, I'm really curious to see what what happens going forward with David Montgomery because like I said I push my chips all in so um you know I, I've 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 got to I've got to see what's going to happen yeah they got the um, Denver in week two on the road so um it's not going to be an easy test uh going forward so they have to bounce back. Um, they don't want to start on two, so they'll be in a little desperation role to begin it. Yeah. Yep. No, it's um. Gonna, I'm gonna be curious, but this is you know this is part of fantasy. It's season long. We don't want to. No, we're not gonna overreact here. We're not gonna make any rash decisions. We've gotta you know be able to sort through all the information and make the best decisions that we can. Yep. So yeah, let's uh, get forward to move quickly through these uh, week one games. Yeah, man. Let's do it. Um. So again, we got again we got football this Sunday. Like so happy. Can't wait. Um. But yeah, let's jump right into it. Uh, so we got the Falcons and the Vikings. Um, Vikings are at home. They're the lines. The line was three and a half, but it's moved uh, to four points. Uh, Vikings are favored by four. Uh, the total on that game is is forty eight. Um, I think the the biggest storyline coming out of that game right now is is the the 
availability of Julio Jones. Um, there was talk that he said at, at practice or at a press conference the other day that he uh, doesn't know if he's going to play because he's a little sore and he doesn't know if he's going to play without a contract. Um, so this is interesting, Greg. What do you, you're a Julio Jones or how are you reacting? Um, so, and Julio Jones is a person that, you know, he's there for his team week in and week out. If anyone deserves a contract, it's Julio Jones. Uh, Tyreek Hill just got paid right at like the day after he said that, um, got his, uh, like 18 million number uh i'm maybe I'm, I'm i'm thinking i'm not very worried if i'm if i have julio i think he's gonna be there on sunday regardless if he has a contract or not i think it's just kind of to send a message like hey uh you know i deserve a contract um but i think they still will roll him out there even if he doesn't have one yeah i mean i want to i want to i want to say that he's gonna play without a contract yeah because you know I, I like to be half glass full and think of sunshines and rainbows, but I, I don't know, man. Like we're talking about a, a new age of NFL player, right? This yeah, isn't, I, I didn't expect him to say that to begin with. So yeah, right. This isn't this isn't this isn't the, this isn't the '90s and anymore the 2000s where it's about the game and you do what you have to do for the team and you know you know these guys are, these these players have to start looking out for themselves and rightfully so. You know, like um, with all the stuff going on, like like you know owners and players and all that stuff we won't even mm-hmm. get into it we're a fantasy podcast but um you know with all that stuff like these players have to start looking out for themselves so um you know i'm not i, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that we see julio not play because as a as a as a star on an nfl team the biggest leverage you have is playing games right playing games missing games that's the biggest leverage that you have and so um i would expect julio and whoever's whoever's advising him to continue to exercise that leverage right because at the end of the day the falcons know it we know it the, the vikings know it that the fight the falcons are better with julio jones on the football field yeah, whether he's scoring sure. touchdowns or he's not right he's better they they're better with him so that puts pressure um i think i think they're going to try to get it done um you know you look at they've already um they've restructured some signing bonuses um to create some cap space so i think that is indicative of what might happen in the julio situation that they're trying they're they're actively trying to get something done um luckily for fantasy owners this game's at at one o'clock so you have plenty of of time to to move and to pivot if you need to um muhammad sanu's out there in on waivers but honestly um i like this falcons offense better if julio's on the field um you know, Calvin Ridley someone that sticks out to me, um, but he was really sticking out to me if Julio was playing. Um, you know, now that Julio's, Julio's like questionable, questionable about playing, um, if he doesn't play, I would like Calvin Ridley less. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I think I'll like Mohamedson more. Uh, Calvin really less, and I would like Devonte Freeman a lot more actually. Yeah, I would like Devonte Freeman a lot more as well. Um, also somebody that I would like a lot more. Um, if if Julio doesn't play, is Austin Hooper. Um, at yeah, tight end for sure. So uh, yeah. if you have to make a decision at tight end, um, and and you know, Julio doesn't play, I would pivot to Austin Hooper. Right. Um, but somebody I really really like in this game. Um, and we'll get we'll get to that later. Is Dalvin Cook? Um, he's at home. He's healthy. Uh, his offensive coordinator it was his offensive coordinator from last year was fired because he threw the ball too much. So I think this offensive coordinator is probably going to run the ball. Um, the the now the Falcons, granted, they are getting two of their best defenders back from last year in uh, linebacker Deion Jones and safety Keanu Neal. Um, both these players were 
I mean, Keanu Neal was gone within the first 30 minutes of the season last year with a torn ACL. Um, and then Deion Jones missed eight games last year. Um, so the Falcons' defense was was really bad. Um, and it was one of the defenses that we attacked last year in fantasy. Um, so I do anticipate that they'll be better this year just, um, you know, just from having that talent back. And, and I think Dan Quinn, the head coach, is taking over play-calling duties. Um, but I, I do still expect Dalvin Cook at home as a four-point favorite um, to to show out in this game in ways that we remember seeing Dalvin Cook when he was a rookie or even at times last year. I think I think we'll be reminded of how good a player Dalvin Cook is today or on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, I got Dalvin Cook definitely for a must-start. Talk about that later. But uh, got the Falcons. I actually have the Vikings winning this game. Um, should be a, a pretty close game because I still have the that Falcons uh, covering that spread. I maybe think it's going to be like a three-point game. But by Phil though. Yeah, I think that's I think that's solid. Um, I actually uh, I have I'm picking the under on this game. The over under is 48. I've got the Vikings actually covering the the four point spread. Um, well actually I had them covering at first the three and a half. Um, just to be different, I'll still say that they'll cover the four. Um, and I, I do expect the Vikings to win. This is a game at home. Um, I, both these these teams have have done everything they can to try to improve. Um. But at the end of the day, I think the the Vikings take this one at home. Yeah, we're uh, moving on to that. I guess that Ravens Dolphins game. Oh wait, we have to touch one thing because it's it's really important. Um, Stefan Diggs. Yes. Uh, he popped up late in the week with a hamstring injury, which is never good. Um, nope. That to be a late addition to the to the injury report is never never any good, especially with a guy like Stefan Diggs who has a history of, of soft tissue injuries. Um, so this isn't good news. Um, so if you're a Stefan Diggs owner. How you're reacting? What are you doing? Uh, I think you, you know, keep an eye on him. I feel like if you're a Stefan Diggs owner, you probably had him in the past, maybe, and you know, you know the ropes. Um, you look at him at, for active inactives. If he's playing, you, I guess, you have to roll him out there. Um, but if he's not, uh, definitely for Adam Thielen always, I like him regardless if Diggs is in or out. But if Diggs is out, Adam Thielen is a, I guess, a really good wide receiver one play for this week. Yeah, I'm um I don't Diggs is Diggs is interesting to me. I mean, obviously you drafted him, you know, you, you you almost have to start him if he's out there, but if you have a better option, I really would I really would go there. Um you know, I, I don't even know where you would even where you would even go in an instance like in an instance like this. Um you know, maybe you could try to hit up a, a you know, some, you know, an auxiliary piece from from this Chiefs Jags game, or or maybe um, you see if you can get, you know, some some action in this in this Cardinals game. But honestly, I, I really, I really, I really wouldn't know um, what kind of Stefan Diggs replacement people would have on their on their on their teams at this point. But if you have a better option, I probably would, just because Stefan Diggs historically, um, when he's coming off of you know being injured uh he, he doesn't typically play well he doesn't play at his best i remember last year there was a situation like this where he played he played coming off an injury and he was more more used as a decoy than anything else um i think it was a game against the patriots but um you know stefan stefan diggs is is this is this is the story with Diggs, man. This is what you're gonna get. Um, you know, he's gonna miss one or two games a year. It's gonna be with this soft tissue injury and, and you know, you're gonna have to adjust, you're gonna have to deal with it. Um but again, you just have to have a contingency plan ready. Luckily, he plays at one o'clock, so you'll know early. But uh, I don't like it. Yeah, you'll know by eleven. I definitely faded him in all of my drafts. I never really 
he's so talented. He's a very talented guy. He's just never on the field. He's getting dinked up, and that affects uh, fantasy weeks. You can lose weeks on that if he goes in and gets put on, like, load management or if he comes in and acts as a decoy, as you were talking about. So, yeah, I, I uh, got to start him up where you drafted him. You, you were giving him at, like, round three and four. So The worst thing is it's a hamstring, right? So, like, that's that's one of those things where you can say, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. I can go. And then you go and, and you open up the run and, and you can't go, yeah. you know? And as a fantasy owner, that's the worst because you put, you put him in your lineup and then for him to leave, like I'd much rather, you know, you just be inactive because then I know, right? But if you're active and I put you in the game and then, you know, I start you and then you leave, I can't do anything about that. So that's my biggest fear when it, when it comes to, to guys like Stefan Diggs. But hey, you have to know your risk, right? Like if, if you're projected to win without Stefan Diggs and you have a guy on your bench, maybe you can go to a, to a Cole Beasley or or a, an Adam Humphreys or maybe you have a D.D. Westbrook sitting on your on your bench or one of the the Panthers wide receivers and Curtis Samuel um, if you have options like that uh, you know a safer option uh, Sterling Shepard like we talked about is is a safe option if you're if you're projected to win go that route um, but if if you know if you're projected to to lose um, and Stefan Diggs is playing then he's got to be in your lineup because you need that juice. Yeah, for sure. All right, moving on. Um, we've got the Ravens at the Dolphins. Uh, Ravens are six and a half point favorites. The over under on that one is thirty nine. How you see this game playing out, Greg? Uh, so definitely Ravens uh, going to be winning this game. Uh, I have the over in that game. Uh, it's a really low one. I think they want me to choose the over, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and, and take that bait. Uh, and yeah, the only person I'm really looking forward to is Lamar Jackson. I'm not really high on anyone on the Dolphins offense. Um, maybe intrigued to see how they use Albert Wilson. Um, with like how, but not really uh, intrigued about anyone on the Dolphins. I'm uh, more looking forward to Lamar Jackson, the running game, Mark Ingram, and uh, how that see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, 39 point over under. I'm actually going to take the under here. Uh, I think this is going to be a slugfest with Baltimore throwing most of the, the punches um, or landing most of the punches. Uh, this this Dolphins team is is tanking. Um, they've 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 unloaded their best player in Laramie Tunsil, uh, who happens to play left tackle. I think that this Baltimore Ravens front seven, which we saw the Chicago Bears front seven and how good they were against Aaron Rodgers, this Baltimore front seven is really good. They don't have Khalil Mack, you know, or, or Akeem Hicks or Roquan Smith, or maybe some of those names. They, I know they lost CJ Mosley last year in free agency, but, the, you know, this front seven is still talented. They still have guys there. Uh, Matt Judon, Brandon Williams, Michael Pierce, uh, you know, these are big physical guys that play in the front seven. Um, and so I anticipate to, that this this defense makes it really, really hard for this Dolphins offense. Yeah, um, talk about fantasy MVP, the Ravens defense probably would be a high Yeah, if you have the Ravens defense, you've got to punch them in your lineup. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, I know in, in FanDuel, they're like one of the highest priced defenses at like 5000 um, but I'm, I'm still putting them in if I can, because honestly, like I think this game will go that bad for for the Miami side. Um, but again, this yeah, this I'm I'm taking the Ravens here. I'm, I'm taking the Ravens to cover. Um, um, I, I just yeah, like Lamar Jackson, he's gonna dog uh, hands down. Um, we're not gonna see. I don't think we're gonna see him fully unleashed today, um, because I don't think it'll be necessary. But um, you know, Mark Ingram, stardom. Uh, but I'm also not opposed, you know, depending on how I see this game playing out, I, you know, I, I could see it being a blowout. Uh, I remember last year, Baltimore blew out uh, Buffalo in week one, 
and we saw a lot of remember Alex Collins was was you know everybody's favorite start that of the week that for that game um but I, I I'm drawing a blank right now I don't know why but the uh the other running backs touched the ball that day too I think it was, oh Buck Allen that's what oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh Buck Allen was was getting touches that day too so I, I kind of you know Gus Edwards is somebody that people have you know kind of he's fall, he's flown under the radar um, but if you maybe maybe not in, in in redraft or maybe in deeper leagues if you're in a 16 team league or or something like that and, and, and you need you know to throw somebody out there as a flex play I, I don't th- I don't think you I think you could do worse than than a guy like Gus Edwards because I, I would anticipate in a game like this um, you know we saw Baltimore use multiple backs last year they used three backs you know all three backs had a role um, it was Buck Allen uh Gus Edwards and and uh, Kenneth Dixon at one point last year, and then it was Ty Montgomery and um, you know so on and so forth. But I, so I think they only have three running backs on the roster: Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. I think all three of them will play. Um, so I'm really interested to see how this happened, how this goes down. I'm not really interested in any of the Ravens' pass catchers. I don't think they'll they'll, they'll need to pass today. Um, Mark Andrews at tight end. If if you if you have them, start them. Um, if you have another, if you have a better option, if you have an Austin Hooper, go that route. Just because I think that you know the game will probably the game script will probably call for something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't I don't really outside of the de- the defense, the Ravens uh, running backs or the Ra- Mark Ingram really and Lamar Jackson. I don't really want any fantasy assets from this game. Yeah, I think you hit on a noggin there. Um, you could just keep going to that Jacks Chiefs game. I'm way more excited about that one. That's what I'm trying to see. Oh, Jags Chiefs, you skipped right over my Bills Jets. Oh, word, my bad. Maybe that was subconsciously me doing that. Oh, yeah? Jets, okay, you know, cool. Nah, we can go uh, back. Yeah, 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 my fault, my fault. Yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we got the Bills visiting the Jets at MetLife, a.k.a. JetLife. Um, <laughs> two, the Jets are two-and-a-half point favorites at home, 40 and a half point over-under. Um, what do you got, Greg? Uh, actually, now nah, look. Think about it again. It's a sneaky, entertaining game for me because, you know, Le'Veon is there. You know, he's selling those seats. Um, and I'm very interested to see them. I got the Jets in this game. Uh, I have also taken the under. And, you know, week one, Bills, Jets, divisional game. Uh, I think the under is going to come into play here. And, yeah, I'm more luckily, literally looking forward to Sam Donald and if he's going to take that second-year quarterback leap. And Le'Veon Bell for sure on the, the running game for the Jets. Um, yeah, so as if you haven't noticed, I'm a Jets fan. Um, so I'm going to give my completely unbiased, not looking through green rose colored glasses um, opinion here. But I think the Jets, I'm going to take the over here. This line was started out at 38 and a half, um, actually a couple months ago, and it's creeped up over to 40 and a half. Um, I think people are betting the over. I think the sharps are betting the over. Um, we're seeing the the total move as a as a result of that, um, and I think a lot of that is is coming from the positive vibes around not just the Jets but both these teams. Um, these teams are excited about their young quarterbacks. They're excited about their the teams they're fielding in the second years. The the um, you know the the moves that they've made on either side of the ball. I I think this game goes over. Um, it's 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 sneaky. Um, I know we, you know, Bills Jets. These teams are both known for their defenses, um, 
but I, I really do see this game going over only for one reason and one reason only. Um, the Jets' secondary is really, really, really bad. Um, you know, I, I, they have great players, Jamal Adams. Um, Marcus May is a good player um, at safety. You know, C.J. Mosley, they signed from the Ravens to be the middle, you know, the, the middle linebacker in the middle of their defense. Um, but, you know, the defensive line, they've got some guys, but they, they can't rush the passer and they can't, they don't, there's no corners that can stop receivers. I'm not saying Buffalo has a number one receiver, like, you know, like a Julio Jones or an Odell Beckham. Um, but Josh Allen can throw the ball down the field. I think that um, John Brown um, and, and Zay Jones might actually get past this Jets defense. And as a result, this is going to force Sam Darnold to attack this Bills, this Bills defense. Um, and a lot of the... Um, the the stuff that they've been running in in practice and through and throughout the preseason, um, they've been working in some RPOs. They've been running a lot of no huddle. Uh, they've been doing some read option. A lot of stuff that highlights Sam Darnold's skill sets. And uh, as we've seen with RPOs, um, you know those have a, a really good, really big impact um, and help are able to help the quarterback and and be able to move the ball and sustain drives. So when you look at guys like Lev Bell. Uh, Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder, um, those are the the three guys I would mostly target in this matchup in this game from the Jets side. On the Bills side, if I have Josh Allen, I'm gonna play him. Um, if uh, although I know me and you, I, we had a conversation about me potentially benching Josh Allen, but I think the upside here is just um, again I'm projected to lose, so I'm going with the upside play. And to me, Josh Allen is the upside play because. I think he's, of all the quarterbacks this weekend, I think he's the one most likely to run for 100 and throw for 200. Um, and if that's going to happen, I, I kind of want that in my lineup and I want that upside. Um, but I, this is a sneaky game. Again, I'm taking the over. I'm taking the Jets to cover. I'm taking the Jets to win. But, um, you know, if we're if we're talking about contrarian plays from a DFS from a DFS perspective, then I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna build some lineups around this game just to be different. Yeah, for the Bills side, um, I'm probably looking forward to be talking about Devin Singletary multiple times in this podcast. How is he going to be used, the snaps that he's going to get, because, you know, he's going to probably be in a running back by committee uh, in the first go around with Frank Gore and TJ Yeldon. So that's probably what I'm looking forward to mostly on the Bills side. Um, and fantasy football diagnostics, you get your weekly diagnosis of fantasy football and the best Jets analysis as the Giants, I mean, as a from John Jr., the, the beat writer of the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was the beat writer. Unofficial beat writer unofficial, of the unofficial. Jets. All right, so we, we can move on. Uh, I got my, my Jets fill in. Um, So, yeah, the Chiefs-Jags, the game that you wanted to get to so badly. Um, So the, the, the Jags are at home here, three-and-a-half point underdogs, fifty-and-a-half uh, point over-under. Uh, what do you what do you what do you see here happening, Greg? Yeah, um, uh, last year they played Chiefs won thirty to fourteen. It pretty much handled the Jags, um, but could be a little different this time. I do have the Chiefs winning the game. Uh, I also do have them against the spread, and but I'm taking the over, and I think the Jags you know keep it a little more competitive this year uh, as far as the offensive side because of Nick Foles. He's there now uh, over Blake Bortles. Uh, he's definitely a better quarterback than Blake Bortles, I would say. Uh, and I've, you know, I, last year 
the Jags defense were the only defense to keep Pat Mahomes on, uh, you know, with zero touchdowns. Uh, I have him in the league of Schroeder people. I'm still rolling him out there. He did have stuff 300, 338 yards when they played, so I don't expect Pat Mahomes to regress off that much. Um, he, I don't think he's going to have monster numbers, but I think he'll have a solid game for you. Uh, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the Tyreek Hill, Jalen Ramsey matchup. Jalen Ramsey shadowing Tyreek Hill all game, calls him a kick returner. Uh, just goes back to, you know, last year, and I, I'm trying to see some smoke in this game. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a very interesting matchup here. Um, Tyreek Hill against Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I'm, I'm really, like I, like we talk about, um, I mean, I brought up with Tariq Cohen, but I don't think Tyreek, it's not fair to call Tyreek Hill a wide receiver. Um, I'm trying to start a movement. I know you're, but a I know you. But returner, though? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I know, I know you, you, your, your hashtag ball is life. So you might appreciate what I'm going to say right now. I, I'm petitioning for the NFL to move to positionless football. Mm, yes, positionless you football. Know, yeah, positionless football, yeah. right? Like, I I think we could make that happen now. I think you know Matt Nagy was. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to set the table for positionless football. Let me just play three running backs. You know, start them. Play Mitch hey, Biscuit running back because he 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 throws like a running back anyway. So yeah, Percy Harvin was ahead of his time, man. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, exactly. So positionless football. No, but Tyreek Hill. Um, you know, where is he gonna line up? Is he gonna be a wide receiver? Is he gonna be a running back? You know, where's where's he gonna be? Um, and I think that's going to be difficult for Jalen Ramsey. I know Jalen Ramsey says he's going to shadow him, but I'm really curious to see what he does when Tyreek Hill lines up a running back. Like, right, is Jalen Ramsey right. going to play middle linebacker? Right. So I'm really curious to see what happens with that. Um, but as we alluded to, 50, 50 and a half point over under, that's an implied total of 27 points for the Chiefs. I'm starting all my Chiefs. I know that Pat yeah. Mahomes didn't score a touchdown, but Pat Mahomes is great. Pat Mahomes had. Uh, in over an eight percent touchdown rate last year, um, Pat Mahomes is—he's a baller. So he did I, have a rushing like, touchdown actually in that game. So he could still exactly. could do some, something with his legs as well. I'm, I'm starting Pat Mahomes. I'm not going to be afraid to do it. Um, you know, Sammy Watkins. Uh, maybe he's—he's he's maybe someone that um, I'm not too excited to start if I have him, um, just because the matchup isn't so great um, with this with this Jag secondary. But he's going to avoid Jalen Ramsey. I guess he's going to end up on A.J. Boye. So um, we'll see how, how that goes for him. But I'm not going to – I'm not running to start him. Um, I'm really only concerned to start, you know, Pat Mahomes, uh, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Um, and then if you have Damian Williams, you drafted Damian Williams, you're going to – you start Damian Williams. This is a high over-under. The Chiefs are going to score a lot of points. Damian Williams, you have to hope, is involved in that. I'm not going to bench him. Um, we shouldn't tilt right now because of the whole shady, the whole shady McCoy stuff. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I'm starting all my Chiefs on the Jag side. Nick Foles, hundred percent starting, uh, not a hundred percent starting him. You know, obviously there's there's other options, but if you're streaming, you know, we'll get to this in a little bit. But Nick Foles is definitely somebody I'm looking to. Um, you know, this 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 is a fifty and a half point over under, but the Jags are only three and a half point dogs. Right, this game is going to be close. Or Vegas is, anticipates that this game is going to be close. They anticipate that it's going to be back and forth. Um, if that's the case, I'm going to take the over. Right? Uh, I mean, I'm going to take the over just because the Chiefs are in the game. I'm going to take the over. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating the Chiefs win. But John D. Filippo, who we, you know, he was fired from Minnesota for not running the ball enough. Um, 
He he was third last year in the league in, in neutral pass rate. So this is a team that's going to throw the football. So if I have D.D. Westbrook, I'm starting him. If I have Leonard Fournette, I'm also starting him. I'm not going to be concerned about the matchup here. Um, you know, if the Jags are going to score, Leonard Fournette's going to be involved. Um, Leonard Fournette's actually, he's going to be more involved in the pass game than we might think. Uh, John D. Filippo showed last year he, he would throw the ball at running backs. Uh, I think Leonard Fournette gets a piece of that. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see this Jags offense, man. I, like we talked about, DJ Shark, um, DFS, he's definitely going to be in some of my DFS lineups. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited for this game. This is going to be a good one. It's at 1 o'clock. I'm not going to catch it. It's probably one of the ones I'll, I'll flip to on red zone. I'm going to be locked into that Jets-Bills that Jets -Bills game. But I'm definitely going to be paying attention to, to this one. Yeah, I actually think Sammy Watkins might be a sneaky good play. Um, just to disagree with you a little bit, just because of Tyreek Hill mm -hmm. being shut down by Jet, not shut down, but being held and contained by Jalen Ramsey. Um, just looking back to last game, he did have six for seventy-eight in that game. So uh, I think you know, as far as a flex play, I, I'm rolling Sammy Watkins out there. Yeah, I mean, I can't like I said, I can't fault you for that one. Um, that's a the the process says it's a it's a good game. It's just I guess it's more of a a, a feeling that I had in in this sense. But hey, it, you know, that's um, you guys again. These are your decisions to make, right? Like, you know, Greg and I don't have all the answers. It's almost impossible for us to do that. Clearly, <laughs> I thought David Montgomery was going to score fifteen points. So, um, you know, it's it's about the confidence level that, that you have as a fantasy owner and as a manager when and what when it comes to setting your lineups. But yeah, yeah for sure. Um, let's see. So now we got Rams Panthers. Um, is this a one o'clock game still? I am uh, not sure. We could check that. Uh, I believe it is. A, I believe it's a one o'clock game. Yeah, it's yeah, a one yep, o'clock game. Is. Yep. Um. So we've got. The Rams at the Panthers in Carolina. Uh, Rams are two-point favorites. This over/under on this game is fifty. Um, what do you got, Greg? So I'm uh, going against the grain a bit. I have the under again, pounding the under all day with this uh, Week One matchups. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Panthers to win the game. They're at home. I think they're gonna be a sneaky good team this year, uh, bouncing back from last year. It seems like. Cam and the Panthers have like a uh, you know a sign co-sign co wave as far as their seasons. One year, Cam's MVP. Next year, doesn't do as well. Uh, next year, they're contending. I think this year they, they bounce back and they uh, are a good team. They scored at least two touchdowns in almost all their games last year. Uh, I think I'm gonna go with them on the at home and to get that win. Yeah, um, this game was interesting to me because when I when I first looked at it, I wanted to pick the Carolina side too. Um, Cause this, this, I don't know. It's just very, it's just the the whole everything is everything about this whole matchup is interesting to me. The line being at fifty, you know, I'm taking the under as well. Um, you know, the two point spread is just weird to me. Um, so you know, at, at Carolina at home, I'm just always used to Carolina being at home playing these ugly close games. So close, so right? close. But, I, and then when I wanted to pick the Panthers, I just thought about it. I was like, but the Rams. Like outside of last year against Chicago, and I think there was one one more game against Philly that were both late in the year. Um, I don't know how many ugly games do the Rams play in. You know? No, they're pretty clean cut. If the Rams are winning, um, their offense is rolling uh, and their defense is dominating usually in their games. Yeah, and and so 
that was that was the trepidation that I had here. But then you know, and it was like the Rams. These are the same Rams that went thirteen and three and were in a suit. They lost three games last year. Yeah, yeah, they're a really you know? good team. Yeah. So this is a really good team. Sean McVay is a really good coach. Um, they've had, he's had a ton of time to prepare for the Panthers. Um, I, so I I don't see them playing ugly. Not in week one. Um, yeah, I'm picking I'm picking the Rams. I'm picking them to cover the spread. I'm picking them to win the game. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm I, I'm taking the. I, I'm taking the under here, but I'm I really 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 was close. I was borderline taking the over just because if I see the Rams winning, I, I I anticipate it going over. But I could see a situation, you know, where you were looking at a game where it's like, I don't know, twenty, twenty-seven, twenty-three, or twenty, um, or you know, twenty twenty-six, twenty-four, or something like right. that. Right, it's gonna know? be it's or definitely gonna be a field goal we'll field goal 50, game, but. Yeah, it's going to be a field goal game. Um, you know, I don't know. I could very well see it going over. I'm going to change my pick. I'm going over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going over. Can't blame yeah. you. I mean, um, if, if if the Rams put up numbers, I could see Cam turning, up, turning it up a level and get, uh, putting up some points. So Yeah, right? Because, you know, just the game theory here tells me if the Rams are going to win, they're going to score a ton of points. Cam's going to have to keep pace. This Rams defense doesn't. It's not one that's gonna stop Cam from getting his. Um, so if, if that's happening, we're going back and forth. I could very much see it going 27-24 um, in the Rams' favor. Um, so that would put the over. That would put the total at 51, and that would make that would, you know, be the Rams by three. So yeah, I'm going over and the Rams to cover and the Rams to win. Yeah, I expect. Oh, uh, but from a <laughs> uh, from fantasy standpoint, yeah, I expect yeah, everyone to do what they have to do. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is gonna eat. Uh, Cam, I think he's going to have a bounce back season. He's one of my sleepers because he's going in round nine. I think he has potential to be a top five QB in fantasy. Uh, mostly, I'm looking forward to, on the Carolina side, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, who's going to step up to be that leading receiver in that offense. And on you know just the Rams side, all three receivers, Cooks, um, Cup, and you know, Robert Woods, they're going to do what they have to do. They're going to eat. Mostly for the Rams, is that Todd Gurley is he going to be on that load management? I think he's the biggest storyline as far as a running yes. back coming into this year uh, about his carries and because if he gets the numbers that he gets last year, even remotely like close, even if he progresses a little bit, he's a top five running back in fantasy, and you got him as the biggest steal in your draft. So that's what I'm looking forward to mostly. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the main thing for me here, right? I'm not worried about the Rams' pass catchers, all three of them. Load, I'm I'm loading them into my lineups. Not worried about it. Uh, Panthers' pass catchers. I'm excited to see DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, especially Curtis Samuel. Um, I'm excited to see him. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey locked and loaded RB one. Don't even think about it. Yeah. But Todd Gurley, yeah, that's the interesting one. You know, what kind? Because of, you know, Sean McVay said, oh, he won't be on a snap count. But you know what, Sean, you told us that for the. He's show. a liar. Sean McVay liar. is straight up lying to us since last year. He's been saying yeah. oh, he's not hurt. He's Todd okay. Gurley's he's fine. Tired. He's he he's wasn't okay. fine. He was he, he had no. like less than a quarter of a snaps in the Super Bowl. Like that was your best player in your team, and you got it. You know, liar. so I'm gonna just <laughs> watch the game and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, but if you have Todd Gurley, obviously, you know, you're putting him in your lineup. You know, I mean, you, the, the, where you're getting Todd Gurley in some drafts, he's your RB2. Um, Crazy. So, <laughs> Crazy. So, you're going to start him, right? So, uh, it's not even, I'm not even going to be concerned about, I'm not going to be concerned about the, the start the start sit there, but I'm curious to see 
what which Todd Gurley are we gonna see today or on yeah. Sunday? Um, all right, moving on. Titans at Browns, five and a half point favorites. The Browns are forty-five point over under. What do you got? Uh, I got the under. I have the Browns to win the game, but I have you know we talk about how the Titans are always in super close games. I'm gonna go with the Titans as far as that spread. Um, but I think the Browns do get the win. Um, they're gonna be hype. They're gonna be so. Uh, this is probably like one of the my uh, most intriguing teams just to look forward to this year. Just to watch how Odell, how Jarvis. They have so many studs on the team. Chubb, you know, David and Joku, Baker. You know, then their defense is sneaky good. So uh, I'm looking forward to watching how the Browns play. And just for the Titans side, um, not really a lot I'm excited about offensively for sure. Um, I just. I'm just ready to see the Browns play, honestly. Yeah, um, I'm take. I agree with you from the, you know, the over under. I'm taking the under. I'm taking the Titans to cover, but I'm taking the Browns to win. Um, yeah, this is gonna be a close game. Mike Vrabel, head coach for the Titans, he's gonna. He's also um, very involved in the defense. Um, you know, you. This is a team in Tennessee that that beat New England in New England last year. Um, so you know they're going to put together the best game plan that they can. So I, th- I think I think they they rattle not rattle Baker, but they keep it close. They get to him. They put pressure on him. Um, I think they're able to cover these receivers probably better than we're than some of us are anticipating. Um, the Odell thing is is a little it makes me a little nervous. With um, the hip, you know, with the hip. Yeah. Um, I know I know that Freddie Kitchen says he's ready to go, but Odell, um, what I've you know just from reading tea leaves while he was in. He was on the Giants, and I had him in multiple fantasy teams. He doesn't lie about his injuries. That's true. Um, Odell is very honest when it comes to these kinds of things, and that's part of the reason why him and Pat Shermer got into it a little bit last year because he was being honest about his injuries, and Pat Shermer says that players shouldn't be talking about injuries or whatever. you know, but Odell is honest about these things, and so when Odell says his hip hurts and he can't he can't run full speed, I get a little bit nervous about. Yeah, that. he's term like opening up, and I uh, yeah. that is true. Now I think he's, about that, that is that is a <laughs> very nervous. He said he said he brought it up as like he's like oh it's like you know if you have a car that runs really well but it, you know it's out of alignment you know and you and you try to go really fast like it could be it could be dangerous you know. Mm. And that's what Odell. That's how Odell described himself. So that makes me nervous. Um, but again, Odell's Odell's gonna be active. I'm gonna play him. I'm not even gonna be concerned about it. Um, you know, from a from a talent standpoint or you know a matchup standpoint. But it's definitely something that I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Um, it's it's not. It's not gonna. It's not a sure thing for me. Um, you know that Odell's gonna you know put up 15 points in my lineup or whatever it's gonna be. Um, but if you have your Browns, Baker, Chubb, um, Odell, you start them. Um, you know, Njoku, I would I would start too if I if if, if I didn't have a better option. Um, but yeah. I think that if there's a way to beat this Titans defense, maybe it's through the middle of the field. Um, you know, with the tight end, with the running back in the pass game. So so Nick Chubb, I'm curious to see his involvement in the pass game as well. Um, but this is going to be. I think this game is closer than, than many people than many people might think. I could see this game being like a four or a three point game. Yeah, so for sure. I'm really, it's it's. But the Browns are an intriguing team, along with the a uh, few other teams. But they're definitely one of the most intriguing teams. With you know being being the darlings, you know we t- kind of talked about. They're getting a lot of hype and rightfully so. Yeah, um, but moving forward. Like, oh, 
I was oh, just one quick ahead, point about if uh, Odell is going to be faded a little bit. I mean, Jarvis has got to be a strong flex play probably for sure. And especially you saying how the Titans like are vulnerable in the middle of the field. Jarvis is going to be playing that slot. So I think uh, Jarvis is a good play for for the flex for this week. Yeah. Um. I also like if if Odell is is you know now that we're talking about auxiliary pass catchers, if Odell is banged up, Rashard Higgins. Rashard Higgins. You, yep. For you sure. talked about him in the off season. Yep. Um. You know, you sent me a thing the other day about how he's got good chemistry with Baker. Um, Rashad Higgins is—he's he's a good player. He's—he's he's really solid, and he—he's been in that offense. So if something happens to Odell, or if, you know, you know, he's not getting the his usual uh, workload, then uh, Rashad Higgins, I would expect him to pick up some of that slack. Yeah, for sure. All right, going moving forward, we got Redskins at the Eagles. Uh, Eagles at home, obviously, ten and a half point favorites. Blow out. Half point. Forty-four and a half point over under. Um, I'm taking I'm taking the over I'm taking the Eagles and I'm taking them to win. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, so um, the, the I like this line a lot better when it was nine and a half. I um, but the ten and a half kind of scares me. <laughs> um, you know, not scares me, but I, I'm still ta- I still expect them to cover. I mean, when I made this pick, the, the line was nine and a half, but um. It's just the Redskins are always in these ugly close games. That's true. I mean, they they're like they're still well. Like John, I mean, John Gruden's not not John Gruden. John Gruden's brother is still Jay Gruden. Uh, Jay Gruden. Yeah, he's not a horrible coach. Like he does. Able if to, you like, ask keep Redskins fans, in, I'll tell you differently. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just my brother's a Redskins fan, as you know. So he's always complaining about Jay Gruden. Fair. That's fair. But. But uh, no, yeah, he's not. I mean, I, I don't. Th- I don't think he's a bad coach. I, I. I think his teams are. I mean, they're. You know, Jay Gruden is like the new Jeff Fisher. Where like, <laughs> eight and eight, seven and nine. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when so, you get a new coach in there, and then you just start going off because of all the talent they yeah. have. Yeah, you know. Imagine if they had just kept Sean McVay. But <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um. But yeah, you know. I could see the Redskins' defense, like the the defensive front, mainly the front seven. Their defensive line is loaded. Um, that's really that's really where it stops, though. Um, if the, I could see them trying to keep them in the game, but this Eagles offense has way too much talent. Um, you, Carson Wentz to Alshon Jeffrey to Deshaun mm-hmm. Jackson mm-hmm. to Zach Ertz. Um, you know Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard shuttling through the backfield. This this offense has a ton of talent. Carson Wentz is at the helm. He's my number three quarterback on the season. So if if that's gonna if I anticipate all this is happening, then they're gonna beat the Redskins by ten and a half at home. Yeah, definitely a favorable game script for Jordan Howard. Even though I'm not a Jordan Howard fan as far as Josh McCarry, if he gets you know if the Eagles gonna be up, they're gonna be doing what they have to do. Jordan Howard, I could see him in the red zone getting a, a touchdown. Um. Yeah, so, I mean, I know that I have a lot more shares of Miles Sanders than you do. Um, so, I know there's, there's some, some fantasy owners out there with Miles Sanders on their fantasy teams. Um, and they're probably have, trying to make a decision today. Um, so, kind of similar to what we talked about with Devin Singletary and, you know, kind of what we just talked about with David Montgomery. Miles Sanders is someone that I'm, I'm not going to I'm not gonna start. I'm going to kind of wait and see. If I, again, if, I, if it's, if, you know, if I don't have another option, um, you know, I'm gonna I'll, then I'll roll him out there as a flex play, but I'm really not trying to play Miles Sanders this week. I want to wait and see, um, and see how they use him first before I before I start rolling him out into my lineups. Yeah, for sure. Um, from the Redskins side, uh, so just something to note. Um, there's a report that 
Adrian Peterson might be inactive. He might be a healthy scratch on Sunday. Hmm. Um, and you Darius, Darius Geis is expected to get the start. Yep. Um, are you are you rolling him out in your lineup? So you know, are you get or what's what's your thought process with? Uh, so the opportunity would be there. Um, if we're going by a game flow, I'm not sure how he's in the pass catching game, but they're going to be down. So you expect the Redskins to be throwing the ball a lot. Um, but to start, I you know I probably expect him to get you know the 10 to 15 touch mark. Um, I think he's a you know considerable flex play for this week for sure. Yeah, um, I would avoid Darius Geis if I could. I don't. I mean, I don't know. Um, I mean, I know his ADP was really late at the beginning of draft season in early August, um, but I know that at once this preseason started and he played that third preseason game, he crept up into the into the uh, seventh round of drafts. So people might maybe are counting on him, but. If I could pivot somewhere else, I would. I'm, I don't want to start a running back who's a 10.5 point underdog on the road. That's not favorable game script, especially one that we don't know is involved in the pass game. Um, I, I, I would be probably more inclined to go Chris Thompson. If I had if I had to start someone from this game, I, I would probably start Chris Thompson. Um, you know, he's probably, he's on, like, on waiver wires in a majority of leagues right now. Um, but he's someone that I think is, is underlooked. Uh, he's he's got a history history of being injured, but um, if we look at these Redskins teams um, under Jay Gruden, whenever Chris Thompson is healthy, he's he's involved, um, and I don't see why that would be any different. Especially now we're talking about Adrian Peterson being inactive. Um, that means it's really only going to be Darius Geis and 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 um, Chris Thompson for the most part. So uh, if if I had to start somebody, if I needed. Um, maybe maybe from just from a DFS, if you're on DraftKings or something, uh, you could roll Chris Thompson out there as, as a cheap play. Yeah, definitely. I think you hit on the noggin there. We could probably cover this game. That Eagles are going to win it by big. That's all I got to say. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, let's go Bengals-Seahawks. Bengals are at the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks 9.5 point home favorites, 44.5 point over under. What are you taking here, Greg? I uh, got the under in this game. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson usually in week one isn't a very good uh, fantasy quarterback. He starts off pretty slowly every year. Um, so I'm going to take the under in this game. I have the Seahawks winning, and I also have the Seahawks getting to that uh, that spread of the 9.5. Uh, the Bengals are not very good. They No A.J. Green. They really don't have a lot in the passing game. Um, so I think the Seahawks are going to win. They're also at home. They're going to be pumped up. Uh, they're they're gonna take take this game. Twelves, yeah, the twelfth man, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, nah, you you hit it there. The C, I'm taking the under. I'm taking the Seahawks against the spread. I'm taking the Seahawks to win. Um, this Bengals team is is beat up from top to bottom. Um, you know they they lost their first round pick, Jonah Williams, tackle out of Alabama. They lost him in the in the uh, in the spring. Um, and then Cordy Glenn, who's filling in at left tackle, um, who was the starter last year. Is is listed as out for this game, so he'll he'll be missing the game. Um, Jadavian uh, Clowney is suiting up for the Seahawks for the first time this Sunday. I think he's going to be juiced up. I think this whole Seattle team will be juiced up. Uh, yeah, they're they're gonna. I think they they're, they're going to cover the spread here. They're gonna they're gonna blow out uh, the Bengals. Um, I'm I'm definitely gonna load up your Seattle defense if you have them. Um, Seattle uh, Chris Carson. Um, 
maybe even a Rashad Penny, but I don't know, man. The more Chris, the more Pete Carroll talks about Rashad Penny, the less and less I want to play him. See, but Pete, don't be fooled by Pete Carroll hyping up. No, players, I'm saying man. that's what I'm saying. The more and more oh, he yeah. talks about oh, true, him, true, the true. less that's and right, less right. I want to play him. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Now I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Absolutely. Like, but um, if you're in a pinch, then yeah, go ahead, start Rashad Penny. Um, hopefully you're not you're not you're not in, in that you know dire strengths. Um, but yeah, Chris Carson, Tyler Lockett, Russell Wilson, load them up. This is gonna be a barn burner. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, anybody definitely. from anybody from the uh, from from the Cincinnati side? Um, uh, you know, Joe Mixon's gonna do well. Uh, you know, he, you know, top ten art fantasy running back last season. Uh, so I expect him to be strong as uh, RB one for your teams. Um, especially if you have him as a RB two in some some cases, but uh, that's really the only performer I see. Tyler Eifert might be uh, involved a little bit more. There's no AJ Green, uh, and you know Tyler Boyd. I don't think impressed me enough last year when AJ Green was out to for me to be uh, like hit him hard as in the lineup. So I'm more yeah. There's a to huge see. narrative out there about Tyler Boyd being you know a, a sneaky. Um, wide receiver this year with yeah. AJ Green being out but yeah. uh Tyler Boyd last year was better when AJ Green was on right. the field. Right. Um you know, he he doesn't have the attention from the defense. Um you know, he's he's able to to get number 2 corners and secondary coverage. Um but you know, this is going to be all him on on Sunday, so I, I'm anticipating Andy Dalton's going to struggle, not have a lot of time to throw, get the ball down the field. I expect this to be the Joe Mixon and, and, and maybe even Gio Bernard show. Um, you know, we got to remember Gio Bernard, we, we may think that he might have been done, but they just paid him a contract. Um, they just gave him, you know, five and a half million dollars in guaranteed money for this year. So I, I, that tells that kind of tells me that they anticipate using him a little bit. So we'll see. Yeah, for sure. Gio Bernard is a uh, the solid PPR back. He's been for a couple years now. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a good point. All right, moving forward, we've got the Colts Chargers. Um, the Colts are six-and-a-half-point underdogs on the road in L.A., 44-and-a-half-point uh, over-under. What you got here, Greg? So I have the under in this game. Surprise here. I have the Colts <laughs> against the spread and the Chargers, but the Chargers winning the game. I do think it's going to be closer. Uh, I think people are sleeping on Jacoby Brissett as a quarterback. Um, he's a, it's his second full year. Uh, with this team um, and the better roster and we were talking about um, around him better O-line better targets uh, outside so I, I think it's going to be closer than people expect but I think the Chargers are going to come through they they do have a better overall team I would say especially defensively it's going to be a tough matchup for those wide receivers uh, the shutdown corners on the, on the Chargers yeah um, I I'm taking I'm taking the over I'm taking the Colts against the spread. I'm actually taking the Colts to win here too. Um, I I've said it all week. I don't think that the Chargers are six and a half points better than these Colts. Um, you know, the Chargers are a team that tends to play either up or down to their competition. Um, you know, their Chargers they're banged up in the secondary. Uh, Derwin James is out for the first. They say he's he might miss half the season um, with a foot injury. Uh, they're their outside corner Trevor Williams, I think, um, is missing this game. Um, so you know Casey Hayward, yeah, he'll be on T. Y. Hilton, but I, I don't, this offense isn't one that runs through T. Y. Hilton. Um, this offense is going to be one that spreads the ball around. 
uh, Frank Reich is going to put Jacoby Brissett in, in good positions to make plays and, and to be productive. So um, I, I do like I do like all the Colts pieces. Marlon Mack, I'm starting him. Jacoby Brissett is this very sneaky play, um, specifically DFS, just because he was priced so low as a backup quarterback. So he's someone that I'm going to roll out in the cash games um, to try to you know jam some studs into my lineup. Um, but, you know, T.Y. Hilton, I'm starting him. Um, Devin Funches is somebody that I, I might even look to uh, in, a, in, a, in a crunch. Um, but, you know, I think there, there should be better options out there. But he's definitely someone sneaky, especially if you want exposure to this game in DFS. Then he's someone you could put out there in your lineup as well. Uh, from the Chargers side, I'm starting all my Chargers. Phillip Rivers, uh, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen. Mike Williams, I think, is going to have a have a big game this game this week too. Uh, so I really like him. Hunter Henry as well, um, and even even potentially Justin Jackson. Yeah, I was uh, going to ask you, how do you feel like that split is going to be? Is it going to be sixty forty, fifty fifty? How are you looking? How are you thinking um, about that? Yeah, it's going to be interesting because you know I know what they've said, but in the preseason, if you if you've watched it, it's it's really been um, Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know they have worked in Justin Jackson, but. Uh, it just it does seem like this is gonna be primarily Austin Eckler, which is what they did, did last year when this happened. Um, but I do anticipate Justin Jackson to have a role. But I'm not gonna start him this week um, unless I absolutely have to. Again, yeah. deeper leagues as a flex play. Um, yeah, I'll, that's the only way I would find myself starting Justin Jackson. Yeah, I agree there. I think Eckler will be the guy to go to start. I don't think it says. Uh even as like a Maprietta Tevin Coleman situation. So I think, you know, Echo would be the guy to start at least like a, a 60-40 or, or seven, even a 70-30 split. But so, um, but yeah, for Justin Jackson for a season outlook, yeah, definitely been stash and wait to see what happens there. All right, so let's move forward. Um, we got the Lions at the Cardinals. This line moved down a little bit, 46 point over under. Um Cardinals are two and a half point underdogs at home. What do you see happening here, Greg? Uh, so I got the over in this game, um, and I also have the lines against the spread and the lines to win. Um, I think it won't be as close as maybe. Maybe I think you know if the lines do win, you're saying the two and a half point spread. Lines get two that field goal. Yeah, lines get that field goal. That's all they need to do, um, and that's still a really close game. So I'm gonna go with the lines. I think. Um, it's going to be a pretty good game, though. I'm looking forward to seeing Kyler Murray, my breakout quarterback for the year. Uh, I'm looking forward to also seeing, you know, the carry on Johnson, my breakout running back for the year. So there's a lot of uh, stock I got in this game to see how how these people mm. perform. Yeah, your uh, your 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 goal, your weight as a fantasy analyst is on the line here. Yeah, for sure. Game, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> No, will I be will I be on recording on Monday or not? Like, or, or <laughs> <laughs> we'll be taking applications, guys. Uh, you can email them football at fan, football dot diagnostics at gmail dot com. <laughs> no, um, yeah, this game I'm take I'm taking the over. I'm taking the lines to win. I'm taking the lines to cover the spread as well. Um, I I really do uh, I really do like this game from a fantasy standpoint, just because I do anticipate there being a lot of points. Um, this Arizona secondary is not good. There's no Patrick Peterson. He's suspended for the first eight games. Robert Alford is missing. Um, he's missing the season as well. He was just put on IR. So there's these pass catchers um, in Arizona. 
um, or these pass catchers in Detroit are going to have a field day. They should have a field day here. So I really anticipate um, be a lot of points being scored here. So we'll see. Um, yeah, Kyler Murray, carry on Johnson, start your Detroit Lions. Yep. Um, but I'm going to start Kyler Murray. I'm going to start Christian Kirk, David Johnson, um, even Larry Fitzgerald if I had to. But um, those are my primary targets from the Arizona side. Yeah, for sure. Um. All right. What do we got next? Giants Looks like and Cowboys, we got baby. Giants. Giants taking on the Cowboys. Cowboys are seven point favorites at home. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Point. Seven and a half. Remember Zeke. Zeke no, no. It, no? I, I just checked it on the sports book. It looks like it. FanDuel sports book says it's seven. Oh wow! I guess it shifted to seven and a half, but it's back to seven. Okay. I guess they anticipate Tony Pollard to get some carries. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, forty half, forty five and a half point over under. What do you got, Greg? I uh, have the Cowboys to win the game. I'm a, you know, I think it's gonna be a closer game, divisional. So I'm gonna go with the Giants as far as the spread, and uh, I'm taking the under in this game. Yeah, I'm taking the under. I'm taking the Cowboys to cover the spread. I'm taking the Cowboys to win. Um, unlike you, I'm not a Giants fan here, so um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm gonna call this one like I see it. I, I just, <laughs> I, I don't think this Giants team is very, is, is very good at all. Um, so, I mean, obviously, if if you have Saquon Barkley, you're gonna start him. Um, you took him, you know, probably within the first two or three picks, so you're gonna start him. Um, but outside of that, I'm not really excited to put anybody, any of these other Giants, into my lineup. Um, if I had a better option than Sterling Shepard, I would roll it out there. Yeah, and um, Evan Ingram, yo, Evan Ingram's balling Evan, out Evan, Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram is somebody that's interesting to me because of how this game could go. Um, but it's just, yeah, I'm not, I mean, yeah, Evan Ingram at tight end, you're going to start him. Um, Saquon Barkley at running back, you're going to start him. Outside of that, on the Giants side, I don't really know. Um, on the Dallas side, Dak Prescott is somebody I like, seven-point favorite at home. I agree. Um, you know, Zeke Elliott, you know, we he didn't play in the in training camp and all that stuff. The, the Cowboys say they're going to give him 20 to 25 touches. We don't know, but he's too good of a player to not have in your lineup, so you're going to put him out there. Um, and let's see, what else? Amari Cooper coming off plantar fasciitis. Are you playing him? Are you going to start him? Are you nervous? What's what's your thought process there? Uh, so I haven't heard any like crazy rumblings since that point, so I, I'm pretty sure they're going to roll him out there. Uh, he's a strong, I think, wide receiver two option for you. Um, if they are going to fade him a bit, Michael Gallup is intriguing a little more. But mm-hmm. I, I think um, both receivers will, you know, Mark Cooper, strong wide receiver too. Um, Michael Gallup does give me a little flex, uh, you know, uh, intrigue here. Yeah, maybe um, Michael Gallup is somebody who's interesting. Um, you know, we brought him up earlier in the in the wide receivers show um, as, as a potential sleeper. Um, I just... I, I would I have a little trepidation trying to start him in this in this game. Was, uh, I just feel like I have I have better options personally, but he's definitely somebody I'm intrigued by for sure. Yeah, um, if you're in he's a somebody deep league, yeah, maybe. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I'll probably keep him on the bench for week one. But in a deep league, I would put him in that flex for sure. Yeah, again, I mean, I, I, I keep I'm gonna keep bringing it up, but um, you know, DFS if you if you want to you know some cheap exposure to this game, some cheap exposure to this offense, and you know, you want to be a little bit contrarian, 
you know, you could throw Michael Gallup in there as a low-priced wide receiver. Um, I don't know how much upside there will be in that play, though. So um, this is strictly a cash game play if, if you're doing that. But he's definitely somebody I feel like we'll be talking about next week, Monday, Tuesday, um, as someone to potentially keep an eye out for the rest of the season because he's a good player. I liked him coming out of Colorado or Colorado State. I don't know. But the, 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 they wear green, whatever that college is. <laughs> but, no, it's Colorado State because Colorado was – they were like black and gold or whatever it is, but um, he yeah he was he was a good receiver. Um, and the Cowboys took him in the second round. Um, you know he got he was a rookie last year, so he wasn't very productive. But I, I really anticipate him to take a step forward this year. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, let's move forward. This is the game I'm really excited about. Yeah. This is 49ers at the Bucks, 51 point over under. This line actually moved a little bit. The Bucks are one-point favorites. You might actually find this game as a pick'em, depending on where you're looking. Yeah, it's basically um, a pick'em. It's basically yeah. a pick'em. Um, what do you got, Greg? Uh, so I'm 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 gonna take that over still in this game, uh, and I'm going with the 49ers to win, which means I, I have the 49ers basically to take that spread. Um, and I, I'm loving this game. I'm loving the intrigue from this game. I have uh, mostly in Jameis Winston. I love this Jameis Winston for this game. Uh, also. And looking forward to Chris Godwin, my wide receiver breakout for the year. So uh, that's what I'm looking for on the Bucks side. On the 49ers side, you already know Jimmy G, the Clark Kent of the league, the most handsome quarterback in the league. He's going to be out there doing what he has to do. Uh, I'm most intrigued for them to, obviously, the Maprietta, Tevin Coleman. How is that going to mm-hmm. work out? Everyone's, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, saying, is it going to be a timeshare? Who's going to get that both? I'm, I think I'm leaning towards to starting them both this week. So... Uh, I think both of them are good plays, but more importantly, the wide receiver, who's going to be that main pass catcher to really step up? Because Dante Pettis, Marquise Goodwin, Debo Samuel, a lot of names that have been thrown out there. Who's going to be the one to step up in this game and going forward in the season? Yeah, this 49ers-Bucks game is really interesting to me. There's a lot of storylines here. How's Jameis Winston going to do in in this new offense under Bruce Arians? Uh, you know, what kind of step are we expecting from Chris Godwin as a receiver? Um, I'm really curious to see how this Tampa Bay backfield shakes out with, obviously, our guy, my guy, Dari Ogobawale, <laughs> there. Um, we got uh, Peyton Barber, so I'm really curious to see how that how that plays out. Oh, O.J. Howard, obviously, want to see how he gets used in this new offense by Bruce Arians. Um, but on the 49ers side, yeah, want to see how that backfield shakes out between Tevin Coleman, Matt Brietta. Um, I also want to see, uh, I'm excited to start to see Jimmy G cause I know there's a lot of, he's going to be getting a lot of flack about playing, not playing well this preseason. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I, I, don't, I think Kyle Shanahan's going to fix that. Uh, we saw his offense move the ball with Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard. So, um, you know, Jimmy G, uh, you know, you're calling him handsome. I'm not going to do that. But, <laughs> um, George Kittle, obviously, start him up if you got him. I think he, he might run wild in this game. Um, but, I, yeah, I'm taking the over. I'm taking the Niners to cover. I'm taking the Niners to win. This is going to be a good one. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a really good one. Um, yeah, let's see. Steelers at the Pats, Sunday night football. Great, great Sunday night football. Traditional Sunday night football game, I feel like. Right? <laughs> this should have been the season opener. I hate saying it, but it should have been the season opener. Yeah, the only reason I think they gave it to the Bears Packers because it's more historic. So yeah. yeah, they wanted the NFL 100, 100th season. Yeah, all that stuff, whatever. Um, 
But yeah, Steelers at Pats. Pats five and a half point favorites at mm-hmm. home. Forty nine point over under. What you got? Got the under in this game. Uh, have the Pats to win, but uh, you know Steelers Pats games are usually pretty close, uh, barring any injury. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna go with the Steelers uh, as far as gonna, I guess the spread, but the Pats to win. Yeah. I'm taking the Pats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, nah, I'm taking. I'm taking the. I'm taking the under here. I'm taking the Pats against the spread. I'm taking the Pats to win. Uh, These are and, one of those games, you know, the Sunday Night Football. How like the Pats like come out really slow and they get blown out though, and then everyone's like, "Oh, this is the year the Pats are not going to do it." So there's only one you know. person that could do that, and that's Andy Reid. And, uh, oh, that's true. Not. That's true. Andy Reid is correlation. <laughs> yeah, it's true. 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 <laughs> um, no, nah, but you know, the, the Steelers. Traveling, traveling to Foxborough. Uh, I, I know the Steelers' yeah. defense is probably a little bit better, but Tom Brady, man, it's Tom Brady, man. I don't care who's on that roster, who's who's it's, playing opposite of him, like who's his wide receivers. No, is Tom, man. It's Tom, it's Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady. You got you got Bill Belichick. Yeah, man. He's it's gonna like, make it happen. He's gonna take yeah. away your strength, and he's gonna you know do what he has to do on offense. Find a way to win. Uh. Play at their pace. Uh, the Pats are the Super Bowl defending champions. Yeah, I mean, from a fantasy, from a fantasy side, um, you know, Tom Brady was going really late in drafts. Um, but if, you know, if you for whatever reason you have him, you're starting him. He's 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 not. It's never, it's never bad to start Tom Brady, right? It's not like he's playing Denver in Week 15 here. So I, I mean, it's okay. Um, Sony Michelle though, James White, these Pats running backs, I'm starting. They're they're favorites. Love out them. Home. Sony Mich- Sony Michelle is gonna score. Like he's gonna, like yeah. Both these both these Pats running backs, um, you know these they're they're gonna be involved for sure. They're gonna have big weeks. Um, Julian Edelman, he's the Steeler killer. Yeah. Um, he's he's gonna he's gonna ball out this week. Josh Gordon, I'm curious to see how that plays out. Um, of course, of course. You no know, the. The, the Steelers have Joe Hayden, um, who's, who's still he's still a good corner. Um, he just got he just got a contract extension, I think sixteen and a half million dollars um, for the year. Um, it's a high number, so yeah, he got bank. Um, yeah, he got bank. Um, so Joe Hayden, I I I would imagine that he's going to be tasked with covering Josh Gordon, but we'll see. Um, from the Steelers side. I'm really ner- someone I'm really nervous about here is Juju. Um, yeah, I yeah, I've been hearing rumors about that that trouble too just because like Yeah, it's just it's just like we've watched Bill Belichick for years take away what you do best. And mm-hmm. If you ask me who the best player on this Steelers team is, it's it's, it's Juju. Um so I think we've in years past we've seen in the last 2 years we've seen Juju get off on the on the Patriots, um but that was a function of I think a lot of attention being given to Antonio Brown. Um, with Antonio Brown being shipped out, I think that uh, all the attention now goes to Juju. So um, I'm really, I'm, I mean, obviously you have him, you start him. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous, though. Uh, I'll tell you that. Yeah, for sure. And then if we are concerned about Juju, um, you got to expect whoever that second receiver in the Steelers' offense is always does well. Juju was yeah, the second receiver I, I last year. Yeah, I think it's year. gonna be Vance. Yeah, you think it's gonna be Vance, the second target, that pass think it's catcher. Vance. Yeah, yeah, uh, um, I like I've Vance seen, a lot this week too. We've seen Vance McDonald kind of get off on these Patriots linebackers and yep. safeties. Um, Patrick Chung is, I think he's suspended for the first few games of the season, so he's the he's usually who covers the tight ends for the Patriots. Um, but if all a lot of attention is being paid to Juju, especially the fact that we remember that Juju played 
a lot in the slot, and he was he was working the middle of the field a lot. Um, I don't know. We haven't seen how they're going to use him without Antonio Brown. I know last year without Antonio Brown, he played a, he played a little bit more on the outside in that mm-hmm. one game that they had without AB. Um, but if that's the case this year, then a lot of those targets in the middle of the field, I would expect, would go to Vance McDonald. Um, so I, I, he's someone that I really like this week uh, as a as a as a sneaky not a sneaky play because he was drafted as a starting tight end. Um, but nah, it must from start a, for sure. From, yeah, I must start for sure. And if you're in, if you're in again, I keep rolling out. I keep talking about DFS, but if you're in DFS, you need a tight end. Um, you're playing that Sunday Monday slate or the Sunday night slate. Um, then yeah, I would I would roll out Vance McDonald there. Yeah, for sure. That. Uh, that's a good pick. Uh, it was either between him and Evan Ingram as my like must start for tight end. Um, I went with Evan Ingram, but yeah, Vance McDonald's he's a stud. He's gonna be good. Uh, yeah. Um, James Conner again. You load him up. Um, you you he's locked and loaded RB one. Yeah. Um, if there's points, if there's points going to be scored on the Steelers side, then um, James Conner should be involved. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, moving on. We got Monday Night Football, the first of the doubleheaders. Games comes on at seven p.m. I believe Eastern. Um, we got the Houston Texans at the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints are six and a half point favorites. This is a fifty-two and a half point over under. What you got, Greg? Uh, yeah, I think from quality of like talent, this is probably one of the best games of the like of the week one. You got so many superstars in this game. Uh, I'm going with the under, um, and but I'm going with the Saints to win, and that's a, a pretty high spread for me. The Texans are better um, than than that. Uh, they're a playoff team. Uh, I think they're going to improve again this year. I think they keep it close, and they they're against the spread. I'm gonna take the Texans. Um, yeah, I'm gonna actually gonna take the I'm taking the over here. Mm-hmm. Um, I just see, like you talked about, this is a good team. This is a good Texans team. Yeah. Um, the the offense is good. Deshaun Watson should be better. Um, they got Laramie Tunsil playing left tackle, so so he'll be better protected. Um, I really do anticipate that this game goes back and forth. Um, I I agree that it will be close. Um, but at the end of the day, this game is in the super, is in the Superdome. Mm-hmm. Um, the Saints are at home where they always get up on teams. Um, I could see this game being close right up until the fourth quarter um, or maybe it becomes, uh, you know, maybe the, the Saints go up by a touchdown or, or maybe even extend the lead to 10 points. Um, but I, I'm taking I'm taking Drew Brees and the Saints at home. You know, if you load up on Alvin Kamara, obviously, Michael Thomas, obviously. Yep. Um, there, there's no one else really. Uh, Jared Cook, um you know the the Texans aren't great against tight end, so Jared Cook is somebody that I would uh, I'd be interested in starting this week as well. Um, but outside of outside of of that, I don't really want to start any more Saints. Um, I'm not really sure how the Traquan Smith Ted Ginn um, Ted Ginn scenario will play out here uh, on the Houston side. Starting Deshaun Watson, I'm starting Duke Johnson, I'm mm-hmm. starting De- DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously, I'm starting Will Fuller. Um, I think Will Fuller could have a could have a pretty big game here. I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to take a lot of the coverage. Um, Will Fuller's healthy; he's been healthy. Um, so, I, I, if if the Houston Texans are going to score points, um, they're going to be in a back and forth here. Um, then Will Fuller is going to you know he's going to catch some balls down the field and hopefully he gets into the end zone. Yeah, if you expect uh, Marcus Lattimore to get give shadow coverage to D Hop, Will Fuller is going to get some opportunities. Really, I think. Yep. Um, Probably that third receiver who's going to step up there, the Kenny Stills, or is it going to be Kiki? 
Um, that's probably. I don't think Kiki was gonna play. He's not playing. All right, yeah. Then right. I don't think he's gonna. I mean, he they didn't say that, but I don't know. I don't know if he's gonna play. Honestly, I'm just reading the tea leaves here. Um, this guy hasn't practiced in like two weeks. Yeah. Um, when they asked Bill O'Brien if 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 Kiki is gonna play, he said we'll see. Um, which you know I I know coaches you know they don't want to give you a lot, but that's that's pessimistic. Yeah, that's dangerous, especially for a Monday night game. Yeah, for a Monday night game, so I'm not even going to mess around with Kiki. You've got yeah. better options. Um, you know, you de- you definitely have to have better options if if you if you have to go that route, then then um, you know, pivot to Kenny Stills, pick him up so you can pivot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, yeah, I really don't think Kiki is going to play, and especially the fact that they were traded for Kenny Stills. Um, you know, they saw they saw receiver maybe as not a huge need, but they saw it as a need, um, and there's got to be a reason for that. So. Um, whether it's, I mean, especially whether it's either Kiki Kuti missing games or Will Fuller also has a history of being injured. And you look at a player like Kenny Stills, again, like I touched on last time, he's capable of playing inside or outside, which Will Fuller plays outside and Kiki Kuti plays inside. So um, take that how you want it. Yeah, I think you hit on the noggin there. Uh, all right, moving on. We got the, uh, the circus is in town. We got AB <laughs> and the Raiders taking on the Denver Broncos at home. Uh, the Raiders. So this line has been moving every time. Ab Ab sways his his uh his whether he wants to play for the Raiders or not. The line moves a little bit. So crazy. This, this man. line started out as the Raiders being I think it was two point favorites at home, and now the Raiders are one point underdogs at home. Um, wow. So I don't that, know that's... if they're factoring in Ab like tweeting out the video of of John Gruden now, or what's going on, but um. It, the, yeah, the Broncos are one point underdog or one point favorites. What do you got, Greg? Uh, so yeah, I got the under in this game. Finish it out. I have the Raiders to win actually. Still, even with a or a b or without a b, uh, I think they're just gonna be a, a hype team. Um, maybe a little improved than last year. They were a good offense as far as time of possession. So um, they are definitely on the field. Um, and I'm take the Raiders against the spread as well because I have them to win. Um, so I'm just yeah, a b's playing. I hope he's playing. I don't know if he's gonna be. But as far as the you know, Monday night, a lot could happen between then. So um, you roll him out there. You you drafted AB high as a like a top wide receiver one. So you want him out there. You're gonna play him if he's playing. Um, I think that brings back the value down from Tyra Williams. If you guys put in claims for them, I know I'm one of them. So, but I think you keep Tyra Williams on your bench because. Seems like he's a wide receiver handcuff at this point for AB. Yeah, man. This is this is part of the reason. Well, I, I got rid of AB. I mean, I had him in a dynasty league. I unloaded him um, for, a, you know, a pick this year, a pick next year, and, and a player. Um, I I auto-drafted him in another league. <laughs> I turned around and I traded him minutes after the draft. Um, I, I just, I don't want a headache on my team, right? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't want every time <clears throat> I get an alert on my phone, like, I don't want it to be like, oh, my God, is AB not going to play this week? Right, like, right. I don't That's, want that. It's not worth I, it. I don't. Again, if you're able to handle that, or you're able to deal with it, like, you know, that's completely within your right. That's completely like your, um, that's that's on you to t- to take that on as a fantasy owner, right? I didn't, but I don't want that. I don't want that kind of stress, right? I'm sorry. Like, I got yeah. too many. I got too many teams to manage, and I don't have to worry about. Uh, oh man, how many how many shares of AB do I have? Right, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like. I'm sorry. I just he's he's somebody I was avoiding even when he was coming to getting to me in the second round. Um, 
you know, as it was approaching round three, like I, I, I wasn't touching him. I let somebody else, I let that some be somebody else's headache. And, and it, you know, at this point, at least it's proved to be right. Um, so, uh, if you have a B though, however, you know, you know, not all of us are as risk averse as me or Greg. So if you have a B, you know, obviously you're going to play him. You're going to lock and load it into your lineup. Mm -hmm. Um, the only thing I will do though, is I will, um, I will make sure I have other options on Monday. Right, because this game is the latest game, which yep. is absolute worst for this situation. It is the latest game, so if you're going to move forward with Antonio Brown in your lineup on Monday, make sure you have other options. So if Antonio Brown and and again, guys, um, we posted this on Twitter, but if you have a player playing in the earlier game, that that player needs to go in a position in your lineup, right? So mm -hmm. if you have if you had um, like David Montgomery. In, on your fantasy team, he should not have been in your flex on Thursday. He should have been in a running back position, right? Unless, um, no, there is no unless. Unless you were starting all Packers and Chicago players, he should not have been in your flex. He should have been in a running back spot because this allows you to maintain that flexibility were something to happen later on in the week that you'd be able to you'd be able to pivot. Now, in Antonio Brown's case, if you are starting multiple wide receivers then Antonio Brown should be the wide receiver that's in your flex spot on Monday night. Yeah. Um, because if anything happens, if we f we get any news that he's inactive, you're able to pivot to any position and you don't have to pivot solely to a wide receiver. Right, right. Um, so if, if, um, if this happens, you know, who are some guys that you're looking to? I know for me personally, if AB doesn't play on, on Monday, um, a, a short list of guys I have, Hunter Renfro, um, because I, I imagine Tyrell Williams is probably picked up in a lot of leagues. If he's not, then I would obviously go to Tyrell Williams at receiver. Hunter Renfro, um, who you know is going to expected to play the slot. I think he's the the third the third receiver coming in for the um, for the for the Raiders. Yeah, he's also someone that's interesting. But Darren Waller is someone that hundred percent intrigues me. Um, I, I even at tight end he intrigues me, um, but. If AB's out, he intrigues me like a hundred percent more. Yeah. Um, because we saw what David, what David Carr, Derek Carr, that's his brother, Derek Carr did with Jared Cook at tight end last year. Um, he targeted him a ton underneath, and so if we just imagine that's going to be Darren Waller with no Antonio Brown, then I would pivot to uh, to Darren Waller if I could. Um, and then on the Denver side, uh, other receivers you could potentially target. Deshaun Hamilton, I know, is not owned. Uh, in in all, in all the leagues, and also Tim Patrick, who's somebody who split time as a third receiver last year, uh, when Emmanuel Sanders went out. So either one of those two guys in a, in a in a really 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 dire need, in a really dire case, um, maybe you're in a 16 team league. You know, you could you could plug one of those guys into your lineup. Yeah, I think you made a great point about the flex position flexibility for Thursday night and Monday nights. Um, yeah, mostly for me, I'm looking forward to to seeing how that run game goes for the Broncos. Philip Lindsay mm -hmm. was the clear. He came, uh, everyone expecting Royce Freeman coming into the year. Philip Lindsay kind of took over that role. I know they want to mm -hmm. get Royce Freeman back involved. Um, it's probably a better offensive system for him this year. Uh, so you, Philip Lindsay's still your guy, but is Royce Freeman going to get more intrigue as a, a good flex play if come, uh, going along in the season? That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, Philip Lindsay versus Royce Freeman is very interesting to me because um, uh, Philip Lindsay's ADP slipped a little bit. He was he was going in the fifth or sixth round of some drafts mm -hmm. because people were just unsure of what the, what his role would be this year. But um, 
you know, like you said, Royce Freeman, they're expecting him to have a role. A role. This is an entirely new coaching staff, so um, we don't really know who 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 they prefer, and we're, we're going to find that out on Monday. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, are you starting him? What do you, yeah, what's your, what do you, you're what's your take there? I think he's a strong uh, wide receiver three option and has some wide receiver two upside. I think he's he's pretty strong. He's uh, a very you know, a sneaky, consistent wide receiver for you. Yeah, he's a good flex play this week, too. Yeah. Um, all right, yeah. I mean, that's all the games, man. We co- we covered them all. <laughs> nice. That was that was nice. That was cool. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, so, you know, any anything else? Any storylines you're you're really watching this weekend? You know, what, what are you what are you doing? Um, nothing really much really. I just as far as general, I love Jameis this week. I love Dalvin Cook this week. Um, we and we talked about oh the, starts of the week. Yeah, 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 you know, I just wanted to get right right into it. Give the people what they want, you know. Yeah, sorry, all right, Greg. <laughs> so get right into it. who's your who's your quarterback start of the week? Uh, so this week for my quarterback start, yeah, talk about James Winston. He's um, got a very favorable matchup this week. There's no more fence fit, uh, fits, so there's no one look, looking over his shoulder. Bruce Arians has like full confidence in him. Uh, you know, free safety Jimmy Smith. Uh, it's also out for the 49ers with a fractured finger. So it just helps him more. And when we talk about Jameis and his weaknesses, it's his picks number. He throws a lot of picks. Uh, you expect him to maybe throw like one or two a game, you know, sometimes. But the 49ers were last in interceptions last year. So it's not a strength of theirs. They're not going to, you know, go to his Achilles heel for Jameis. So I, I love Jameis this week uh, as far as his play. Yeah, I'm sorry. We I, we have to we have to talk about this right now. Um I just, I'm getting an alert. I just got an alert on Sleeper. Oh, um, the circus is <laughs> circus. The circus is in town. Um, oh my god! The Raiders sent Antonio Brown two letters: one finding him two hundred fifteen thousand dollars for con- conduct detrimental to the team, stemming from the Wednesday incident, and another from GM Mike Mayock notifying him if he's released, he's not eligible for termination pay. Oh now my AB has asked now AB release. has asked for his release. Asked for release. Oh my yo. So again, if you have Antonio Brown, make sure you have a contingency plan in place because as we have seen, anything oh can gosh. happen. Yo, this is out. absolutely this out. is absolutely incra- this is absolutely crazy, right? But again, this is what was this is what we've seen this offseason from Antonio Brown, guys. Oh so again, if you have contingency plans, put them in place. I am not having my fantasy my fantasy week one matchup ride on this guy i'm sorry it's not gonna happen not for me i'm i'm kind of speechless so uh if you want to keep talking I, I have no i don't know what to say it's crazy this is crazy yeah no it's crazy this is Man, crazy just yesterday um, I mean, he was about to make another hard knocks episode and now he's gone like you know i'm not exactly for release yeah. Oh man! All right, we yeah. Let's just move. Let's just keep moving forward because this is this is crazy. But um, yeah, Jameis Winston. That's your quarterback start of the week. We gotta fly through these. Uh, we got because we gotta get going. Yeah. Uh, my quarterback start of the week, Carson Wentz, um, at home against the Redskins. All the weapons. He's my number three quarterback on the year. Load him up. Let's go. Uh, what's your running back start of the week, Greg? Dalvin Cook. Uh, you gotta love him this week. Um, Falcons historically bad against running backs, especially dual threat running backs. Um, they gave up. Three running back, one finishes last year. So if you had uh, if you had a running back, they possibly finish for you in, as a top five finish. I'm I'm, I'm riding Dalvin Cook heavy this year, and it's for this. Oh game. man, you're a total jerk because that was my <laughs> running back start of the week. So now I'm totally I'm totally gonna pivot here. I'm gonna go Chris Carson for Seattle Seahawks. Um, Seahawks are nine and a half point home favorites. 
Chris Carson is going to be the lead dog. They say he's going to be involved in the pass game. That's one. Of, that's actually one of Pete Carroll's lies, I believe. So um, lock and load, Chris Carson. Let's go. Yeah, that, that's a good play for sure. I'm hoping you're right on that. Um, wide receivers, we talked about it. Well, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, either one. Uh, Marvin Jones is a great, strong flex play. Kellen Galladay is a strong wide receiver two play. Uh, Christopher Jones, Byron Murphy, Tremaine Brock. Those are the cornerbacks <laughs> for oh, the man. Arizona Cardinals. I don't know who they are. The two rookies and the other one, Tremaine Brock, he's allowed a touchdown in sixteen every in every sixteen point two targets. He's allowed a touchdown. So that man's Yikes. money. Yeah, I, I'm I'm playing out those Yikes. those Detroit Lions wide receivers. Um, for me, it's gonna be Keenan Allen at home against Indy. Um, this Colts this Colts defense. Uh, they run a lot of zone. Keenan Allen he eats up man. He eats up zone. Him and Philip Rivers. Uh, he's got a veteran quarterback. He's going to feed him the ball. No Melvin Gordon. So uh, I think that's an uptick for Keenan Allen. Um, so, yeah, Keenan Allen's going to have a big day. Yeah, uh, tight like end this. start of the week. Oh, sorry. <laughs> go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I kind of like this rapid fire. Yeah, tight end start of the week. Uh, Evan Ingram. <laughs> we talked about it. said Evan Ingram of Vance McDonald. So I went to Evan Ingram. You know, no Golden Tate. No outside receivers, really, except Sterling Shepard. But he's going to be playing some of the slot. So, yeah, Giants plan on unleashing him this year. And you talk about the line. Giants are uh, underdogs, and so they're going to have to keep up with Dallas, so they're going to have to throw the ball. I could see Evan Ingram getting a touchdown in the red zone. Nice. All right, my tight end start of the week, I got George Kittle, San Francisco, San Francisco tight end. He's going up against Tampa Bay. We've already touched on that game. There's a 50-point over-under. Tampa Bay is one-point uh, underdogs. They're going to be throwing. That game is going to go back and forth. I expect George Kittle to be highly involved. You touched on it. We have no idea who is going to be catching the ball for San Francisco. I know one thing. It's going to be George Kittle. Um, this <laughs> guy's an animal. He's an animal. He's going to dog. Let's go. Yeah, yeah man. Um, yo, we got these streams, though, because, you know, yeah. some people, they're like me. They didn't prioritize. They didn't prioritize quarterback or, or tight end or defense. So we got we to gotta let them know who they can stream. Um, so who's your quarterback stream of the week? Yeah, I'm going with uh, Nick Foles. We talked about it. Uh, it's just a, a great floor play. Um, you know, 10 of the 16 quarterbacks threw multiple touchdowns against the Chiefs last season. Chiefs defense, I don't think they improved much um, from last season. So uh, Nick Foles is better than Blake Bortles. I'm going to go with him as just a good floor play uh, with D.D. Westbrook and Marquise Lee. And if you want a good five high play, I'm going with Dak. Dak is home. Dak is great in Cowboys wins. Um, he averaged 21.7 fantasy points in Cowboys wins last year. So I'm going with Dak and Nick Foles. Yeah, for me, I'm going Matt Stafford. He's 25% owned. I don't like his outlooks on the season, but as you touched on, these uh, Lions wide receivers, they have a really good matchup. That means that Matt Stafford has a really good matchup. I really like this Lions offense as a whole from carry on all the way down. So I, uh, Matt Stafford is going to have a useful fantasy week. I see him putting up at least 17 fantasy points. Yeah, that's a good number. Uh, as far as, you know, uh, running backs, wide receivers, we're just going to like look over. We're going to go straight to tight ends because that's probably the positions you're going to be looking for. Um, I'm going with Tyler Eifert. He's owning 9% of the leagues in Yahoo. No A.J. Green, so you know he could have a higher target share. And just a, a lot of new faces on the defensive side of the, for Seattle. Uh, I'm not sure how they're going to do it against tight ends, so I'm willing to plug in Tyler Eifert and see what happens there. Yeah, for me, we touched on him a little bit, but Darren Waller, he's not owned in a ton of leagues. Um, maybe people are starting to pick him up now that this whole A-B thing is happening. But, um, yeah, start him, stream him, do whatever you got to do to get him in your lineup. DFS, let's go. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, defense. Uh, I know that I like I don't draft defenses, so people are probably like, John, you told us not to draft the defense. What are you doing? Um, I went and picked up some leagues. I picked up the Jets because they're they were three and a, three point favorites at home, um, but they ended up getting picked up in a lot of leagues. So I actually ended up going pivoting to the Saints, um, who I know sounds scary, but they're they're seven point favorite, almost seven point favorites at home, which means that their sacks, fumbles, Deshaun Watson. I know he's got a new left tackle, but he was still the most sacked or one of the most sacked quarterbacks in football last year. So hopefully they if they can get some 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 sacks, fumbles, turnovers. Things like that 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 creates fancy points for the defense. Another one that I really like, um, especially now that the that the uh, the circus is back in town, I like the Denver defense. Um, Monday Night Football, Vic Fangio, who left Chicago to go to Denver, he's the one calling the plays for Denver now. Um, and you know, I like to think wherever he goes, there tends to be good defensive production. If you even remember him from San Fran, um, you know, with the Colin Kaepernick days when they had the really strong defense. Um, he was the one that was calling that defense. Um, so, and they, the Denver has pass rushers and Von Miller, Bradley Chubb. Their secondary is loaded. Uh, Chris Harris is still a stud corner. They got Kareem Jackson over there to play safety. So, um, yeah, this this defense I think is going to be a lot better than people think. Um, I know they were pretty bad under Vance Joseph last year, but he's guess what? He's in Arizona, so that's another reason to like the Lions. But Vic Fangio I think is going to call a phenomenal defense for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, and lastly, my defense, I've been drafting them in all my leagues because of their week one matchup. Cleveland Browns, they're very talented. We talk about how much we love the Bears because they forced so many turnovers. They had 36 last year. The Browns were second in the league in forced turnovers with 31, so that's really good. Um, and Titans don't have a very good O-line, and uh, they were the 27th-ranked total offense last season. Expect the Browns to win the game. I expect the Browns to get you at least one turnover and eat and get some sacks as well. All right. Well, we got through all of it. Um a little, bit, a little bit over in an hour and 45 minutes, but um, we had to give you guys all of the fantasy goodiness and all the juicy the juicy stuff that we could. Mm-hmm. Couldn't rob you guys. So, um, yeah, man, good luck this week, bro. Um, I know, you know, we got some teams that we're sharing, so we got some things we want to look at. Still got to react to this AB news. I really haven't even processed it yet. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm still going crazy. <laughs> I, I'm looking at all these alerts coming in. There's more and more just coming in crazy. It's, it's oh, ridiculous man. right now. I, yeah. All right, brother. Well, have a good one, man. Um, guys, good luck this weekend. Again, thank you for listening. Um, make sure you get those wins this weekend. Uh, listen to us next week. We'll, we'll recap everything that happened, and we'll take a look at the waiver wire. And, um, yeah, guys, really appreciate you guys, appreciate you guys listening. Rate us, review us, uh, f- subscribe and follow us. Uh, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever you got to do to get us in your feeds. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. Out. Peace.